Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. We are continuing a study in the book of Hebrews. It's been said that the theme of the book of Hebrews is everything better in Christ. But it's more than that. The author's theme is everything culminated, everything fulfilled, everything answered in Jesus. He is our bread of life. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Hebrews 11, 17-19 records the faith of Abraham responding to God's command to take and offer his son Isaac on Mount Moriah as a sacrifice. This did not add up to what Abraham knew of God, and so Abraham knew God had a greater miracle to work on his behalf. Knowing God was good and true, Abraham reasoned that God was going to raise his son up from the dead. He obeyed because he fully believed in God's faithfulness. And it was Abraham's immediate and trusting obedience and confident trust in God that was the triumph of his faith. The reward of that faith was what God would reveal to him because he trusted in him. God rewards our faith with visions into his glory. Today we talk about that reward, and we talk about the secret to having the kind of triumphant faith that Abraham had. That's triumph. That's triumph in your faith. It's trusting God and believing God against your own experience at times, knowing that God is true to himself and God is good and God is at work. When Abraham rose up early and prepared the way and went with his two men, and as they began walking up that mountain, and he called back to him and said, We'll be back. That was the triumph of faith. It's an expression of the responsiveness of faith to the character and promises of God. And so here's what you see. You see the responsiveness of faith. And in the responsiveness of faith, you see the triumph of faith. God says something. You believe God, you obey Him. That very act of obedience is counted as a great triumph to us. We act on who God is. We act on what God promises. We act on what God commands. We act and we find in our actions victory and triumph. Here's the third thing. From Genesis chapter 22 here, briefly you have the view of faith. When we live by faith and we respond to what God calls us to do, as we do that, God gives us higher and higher ground in our faith from which we get a vantage point of what God is doing. We begin to see something of God's plan and God's way. There's certain things that begin to open up to us. There is a view that's given to the individual who lives by faith that other individuals don't have. Abraham is maybe the epitome of this truth. Abraham had revealed to him in his obedient faith something of what God was planning for the future. As he was going up to the mountain, his son asked his father, we have the wood and we have all the provision for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb? And in that moment, Abraham responds by saying, God will make himself a sacrifice. God himself will provide a lamb. When he said to the servants, we're going to come back, Abraham caught a glimpse of the resurrection. When he said to his son, God will provide himself a lamb, Abraham, by faith, began to catch a glimpse of the crucifixion. He began to see something God was planning for the future. And when they arrived at that place, and he was about to offer up a son, and God restrained him from doing that, the next thing Abraham saw was a lamb in the thickets, right? A lamb? A ram. He saw a ram in the thickets, and he took the ram, and he sacrificed him, and then he named the place Jehovah-Jireh, but the name means this, 
The Lord shall provide. In the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. He named the place, the Lord will provide. God still has a lamb to provide of himself for us in this place. Abraham caught a glimpse of the resurrection in his act of faith, and Abraham caught a glimpse of the crucifixion. And if you don't believe that, listen to the words of John 8, verse 56. The Lord Jesus is debating with the Pharisees. They're assaulting him, and the Lord Jesus says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced to see it and was glad. Abraham saw my day. I know who I am. Before Abraham was, I am, he says. At that point in time, they pick up stones to stone him. But Abraham had a view to see my day, and he rejoiced to see it. What did he see? He saw my sacrifice. He saw my resurrection and victory. And rejoiced in all these things. I believe on Mount Moriah, God gave Abraham a vision of the lamb that God was going to provide for the sacrifice of all our sins. That God gave Abraham some vision and dream, an idea of that lamb that would be sacrificed, that would be the dearest son of all, that would rise again and rule and reign in victory. And that sight was his reward. The triumph was in just obeying. The triumph was in acting. The reward was in seeing something of the beauty and the glory and the wonder of God's good provision that he was coming into and that was going to be made available to all people. And we're told of Abraham as a result of these things that he became the father of all the faithful. Let's look at one last thing in this thing. When we obey in faith, God grants us glimpses of spiritual realities that the faithless cannot see. And here's the last point. It's the secret of living this kind of life of faith. This life of faith that simply believes what God says. This life of faith that responds in obedience and in that obedience finds triumph. This life of faith that begins to have opened up to it a greater, deeper, more penetrating view of God and what God is doing. What's the secret to living this life of faith? Well, there are a lot of words that come from Abraham's lips that you can read when you read about his life story, but I think actually in verses 1 in Genesis chapter 22, you'll see maybe the most important thing to defining the life of Abraham or this life of faith that Abraham lived. On both of these occasions, God calls out to Abraham, and Abraham's response to God is simply this, here I am, I'm right here. God, I'm I'm here before you. You know, there's a lot made of our consideration of how accessible God is to us, how near God is to us, that when we need Him, we can call out to God and God will respond to us, that God is near to those in our time of need, that God responds to us, that God will draw near to us to bring forgiveness and grace to us, the accessibility of God. But in this passage, what I see as the secret of Abraham's faith is not God's accessibility to Abraham, but Abraham's accessibility to God. There was nothing that God had to penetrate through in order to get to the heart of Abraham. There was no facade that Abraham had raised up between him and God. There was nothing that Abraham was pretending to be. There were no layers of self-deception. There were no layers of role-playing. There was no surface religiosity. There were no secret sins that Abraham was nursing and keeping hidden. Abraham was all there before God in this moment. 
When God came to him and God spoke to him and God was ready to commune with him, Abraham had only one thing to say to God, and it was this, I'm right here, God. I'm here before you. You see, Adam, when Adam fell into sin, that Adam clothed themselves with fig leaves, and when he heard God coming, Adam ran and hid. There's a lot that goes on, and we actually spoke about this in our Sunday school hour, there's a lot that goes on in current Christianity, and as current as your own life and my life, that oftentimes can be nothing more than adorning ourselves with images or with ideas or expectations or way in which we want to see ourselves, a way that we want other people to see ourselves. And oftentimes this posturing, this facade, these religious conventionalities that we put around ourselves can keep us from an honest accessibility and openness to the approach of God in our life. We immediately begin to defer when God approaches us. We immediately begin to defer to all the different things that we've put around ourselves to make us feel better about ourselves or better than other people. And how wonderful, how good, and how true when God works in such a way in our life, a kind of faith that leaves us transparent in our identification of ourselves before God. It's just us. It's just me. God, you're calling me. God, you're speaking to me. God, you're asking of me. God, you're commanding me. God, you're coming to encourage me. And I'm here. I'm right here. I'm ready to respond. I'll follow you. In this sense, the question of simple faith or the question of the secret of faith is not whether God is accessible to you. The question is whether you're accessible to God. Whether, in a sense, you have let go of and strip yourself of all the things that you see in yourself to commend yourself to God so that you are just open and before Him and ready for God to direct and lead as God would direct and lead you. And all you have on your lips to say before God is not why, not what were you doing, or why can't I, or do you really mean that? But all you have to say before God is, here I am. I'm here. If you can say those words, if you can respond to those words, then you are at the point at which simple faith rises, at which a responsive, obedient faith rises, at which a triumphant faith rises, and at which a faith that will open up to you vistas of spiritual promise rise. When you just say, God, I'm right here. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, when you call upon us, you're not asking for us to put out before you our credentials. You're not asking for us to give a review of what we've done or what we've accomplished. When you call upon us and you seek us, you're not calling for us to excuse ourselves because, well, we're not ready yet because there's certain things that we're still dealing with and we haven't accomplished them and we haven't overcome this struggle or this challenge. That would say that we thought we could do it ourselves. You're simply asking for us to come before you and to declare before you a a complete abandonment of self before you. Pulling back of everything and just saying, God, I'm, I'm right here. What do you want of me? What are you seeking from me? What is it you wish to say? I'm here. 
God, I pray that you would help us to learn this kind of life of faith. That it might be evidenced not only in our encounters with you, but with others. A kind of transparency that can only be authored by your Holy Spirit. A kind of God-awareness that makes no obfuscations and makes no excuses, but just lives plainly out before you. And might say, Lord, I don't have the power for this. I don't have the strength for this, but, oh God, I'll obey, I'll follow. I don't know the outcome of this. I don't know what you're planning, but God, I'll believe you and I'll trust you. We pray for that. We ask for those things. We ask you would author them more and more in our hearts. We ask as well that you'd forgive us, O God, for padding our resumes with favoring thoughts of ourselves instead of coming before you, stripped bare, trusting in you alone. And we'll give you all the glory when you empower us in this way by your Spirit and speak to us and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. In the life of faith, only one ability is necessary, and that's availability. We're reminded that like Adam and Eve in the garden, we can still play hide-and-seek with God. But God wants that we should live openly before Him, hiding nothing, always available. And thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We meet in the Old White Church on the corner of East State Street and Walnut Street in the Warm Springs area of Boise. Our family worship begins at 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. You're welcome to come share with us our feasting on the bread of life. Until the next time, may God bless you.